This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Fiverr with you down with Chillis from the Journey House College Sports Show comes up here in about 15 minutes. Uh, we will talk uh, with Don. Looking forward to checking with him. Talk some more about this Badger-Iowa game coming up on Saturday. Not to mention, <clears throat> excuse me, more people, uh, more kids leaving uh, via the transfer portal today. Two more players uh, exiting stage, uh, what would it be stage left? Is that the is that is that the saying? I think that's the saying. Is that right? I think that's right. Stage left or is it stage right? I don't remember. I probably should have took a theater class to know exactly what that is. But a fullback, Quan Easterling, and cornerback Dante Burden both entered the portal, uh, and that means now they've had four players transfer out of Wisconsin uh, in the last ten days. Last ten days. Berger, Devin Chandler. Uh, well, actually, Berger was outside of 10 days. So Devin Chandler was the first one. Then Lyles, and now these two players. And the week before that, I believe, was Jalen Berger. So really like five in the last 17 or whatever the case may be. I um, I guess if you would have came in with this three or four years ago, I probably would have said, man, this is a big concern. Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried. I'm not really all that concerned when guys like Easterling and Burden transfer. I am concerned when there's four-star kids that you squander. You squandered Caden Lyles, and now you squandered Jalen Berger on top of it. When you're Wisconsin, you can't be squandering four-star kids. You just, you can't. I was going back and forth earlier today uh, with a Nebraska fan uh, about Nebraska football. Because our buddy Greg Smith, uh, who does uh, recruiting uh, news for them uh, with, uh, what's it called, Hale Varsity Uh, for Nebraska, I'm friends with Greg Smith, so I'm always giving him uh, crap about Scott Frost. And I was going back and forth with one one of his followers, and he was pointing out how good Nebraska's been in the recruiting rankings. I'm like, okay, well, it's one of two things. Either A, these recruiting rankings aren't right and aren't close to being right, or B, your coaches aren't coaching these kids up. So it's, it's one or the other. Now, if you're Michigan, like Plucker, fine. You could have a couple of four-star leave because you're recruiting-wise, you should be significantly higher than Wisconsin anyhow. If you're Ohio State and a couple of four-stars transfer, who cares? you got five stars to replace them, right? If you're Alabama or Clemson or whoever, Georgia, you don't care if a couple of four-star leaves. But when four stars aren't being developed or transferring out of your program and you're Wisconsin and you're not recruiting a, a plethora a plethora of four-star players, that's a problem. To me. To me, that's a problem. I don't know about you, but to me, you can't afford to be screwing up four-star kids. Not especially multiple four-star kids. When you look at the field and you're watching Badger football, before there would be guys that would pop off the screen to you. Like, oh, that kid's a player. Oh, that kid's a player. Like, you could just see it. There's not as many of those kids that pop off the paper anymore. But there should be here at some point. The last couple of recruiting classes have been rock star recruiting classes. Now, a majority of this latest recruiting class, the freshmen, 
aren't even playing. You're seeing Braylon Allen, but there's a bunch of other good quality kids in that recruiting class that the way of Wisconsin, you redshirt your freshman year, and then you finally get that opportunity to play in your sophomore and junior years when you get your opportunity. But you've already seen one guy that sat out a year, came back, was returning kicks this year, and Devin Chandler, who said, that's ah, been real. See ya. Jalen Berger thought that was his job after a great freshman year. And what happens to him? They bring a, a transfer in Malusian from Clemson, gets in Berger's head, and now he's gone. Mind you, not gone for performance. Performed fine to me last year. The Malusi thing screwed him all up. And now he's out. Caden Lyles? Okay, fine. Maybe maybe everybody was wrong. Maybe he wasn't a lock four-star kid. Clearly the Badgers were wrong because they recruited his brother, older brother, to come play quarterback to ensure that they got him. So they clearly missed. What drives me nuts about that one specifically, about Lyles is you played him on defense because you were thin and needed help, and I was mad. I remember telling Gary, what are they doing? He's a four-star offensive lineman. Why are they messing with him on defense? So they put him over there, then they bring him back to the offensive side of the ball, and he never got a run. He never got a run. Now, maybe he was never good enough to get a run, never deserved the starting spot. They have better offensive linemen. Whatever the case may be, who knows? But, guys, you're Wisconsin. You're not these other huge programs that can afford to let four-star players just walk. It's one thing if you lose three-star kids. You get a ton of those every year. Fine, whatever. Leave. See ya. Got another three-star kid just like you. Four-star talent? Either you're not coaching them up or something else is going on to allow multiple four-star kids to leave. Blocker, how many Michigan kids have transferred, hit that transfer portal so far this year? Uh, I'm not many, a couple, like a handful, I would say probably three, four. Um, but a couple years ago they had one of, I think it was a 2017 class. They had a top 10 class in the country and almost the entire class transferred. It was insane. It was like 18 what? of the 25 recruits that they had transferred. Of one class? Of one class. Yeah. It Harbaugh was, was there, right? Yep. Yep. It was and one he of the lost Harbaugh them? years. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. Like, it was like every single week, it just seemed like another one of these players was transferring. Woo. Now, see, the good news is Michigan is able to rebound and whatever. And then people get upset at the transfer portal. And they say, well, Sparky, this is what you get with this transfer portal. And people are going to leave. Kids are going to leave because they're going to want to go play somewhere else. I understand. I get it. But tell me why you needed Malusi from Clemson. That's all I'm saying. Nice player. Is he that much better than Berger? Is he even better than Berger? I, to me, watching Berger last year, watching Lucy this year, that doesn't appear to be a whole bunch of difference. To me. I'm no expert, necessarily. College football fan, just like you. To me, doesn't seem to be a whole bunch of difference between those two. Why did you even need him to be transferred in to begin with? The only thing I can come up with is Okay, we need some depth because we're Wisconsin. We don't like to play freshmen, so we don't really want to play Braylon Allen regardless of how grown of a man he actually is. We prefer not to play him, so we'll bring in another running back to play with Berger. But again, what you don't understand and you don't think about is the psychology of how that then affects everybody else around you. A lot of kids could have taken that in stride and moved on. But some kids can't just can't handle it and then you got to deal with the fallout that comes and obviously that transfer cost them a really good player in Jalen Berger because again not performance kid played well last year there's no way and like I said before there was no reason to bring in a transfer uh, at this point and now what does this do well now this opens up a bunch of holes across the roster we're going to talk to Donald Chillis Coming up in the next segment about this from the Journey House College Sports Show, but now this opens up roster spots. It opens up that recruiting class. So to that degree, I'm going to go back to Plucker on this because he's our Michigan guy. Um, so you lose all those kids in one recruiting class. That that meant, right? Now now these recruiting classes going forward, Plucker, got to be supersized type recruiting classes to fill all the holes that you lost. 
Uh, yeah, I think that they had a couple more uh, scholarship slots just throughout the time. But right. I mean, even and now they're now they're a top ranked team. But last year is the year that a lot of those guys would have been upperclassmen that they had, and maybe it's a good a good thing that a lot of them weren't there because of the whole COVID situation. Right. Like it didn't matter as much as it would have, but. I mean, it still seemed to hurt the team over the last couple of seasons. Do you follow any of those guys to know if any of those guys actually have done anything since they left Michigan? Uh, not really. I, I kind of know where they wound Did up. Did they go to big programs? Um, One went to Tennessee. One was Dylan McCaffrey, Christian oh, yeah. McCaffrey's right. younger brother. I remember that transfer. Yep. He transferred to Northern Colorado. I think Joe Milton, who was their quarterback last year, yep. was in that class. He also transferred to Tennessee. So, I mean, there have been a couple that have Decent come. schools. Yeah, that, that have come in, in and out. Out, mostly to other D1 programs and maybe a couple here and there. But if you get recruited to Michigan, you're probably, if you're transferring, getting another D1 offer somewhere. See, I don't know how I would handle that if I was a, a parent of a kid playing D1 college football, right? So the kid comes to you and says, man, I ain't getting a play. I'm a freshman. They're making me redshirt. All right. Well, you should have known this. The history of the organ- of this school knows that's what's going to happen, right? You know that's going to be the deal. So now you get to be a sophomore. Well, they're going to continue to recruit players at your position, and you're going to have to put up or shut up. I'll give you a perfect example. That Vandenboom kid has been at Wisconsin forever, forever in a day. Was he been there five years, whatever it's been? Been there five days. He hadn't gotten any opportunity to play in a game with any type of amount of uh, significance to it since he's been at Wisconsin. Kid was a star in high school. Star. Just one, 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 and one some more. Wisconsin, done nothing. Now, could he have picked up and transferred at some point and left? Probably. I'm guessing he could have went somewhere early on, sophomore year, whatever. So, I got, I, I'm good. Y'all not going to let me play. I mean, as soon as they announced Mertz was coming, if I would have been a, a kid in that lineup, I just said, okay, well, clearly that's going to be the guy once he gets here, right? Clearly. You already had Jack Cohen. Then you go and you land Mertz. So you could see the writing was on the wall for what was coming with Mertz. Then you have to make a decision. Am I going to stick this out, graduate from Wisconsin, and be here for five years, never get a a real good opportunity to be the starting quarterback, and just deal with it, or do I transfer? That's a tough call, isn't it? I mean, what do you do if you're a kid that's 19, 20 years old, right? Not the maturity of a 40-year-old, but 19, 20 years old, do I, quote, quit, which is never looked upon as a good thing, and try and go somewhere else, or do I stay played out knowing I may never, ever get a chance to be on the field for any length of time? I, I don't I don't know. And I don't know, as a parent, how I would approach that either. Like, your kid comes to you and says, look, I'm not playing. I've been here three years. Now they recruited a couple of five-star kids, so I'm definitely not going to play. I got to go somewhere else, Dad. So what do you say to your kid? You tell your kid, okay, I support you. Fine. Let's go to the transfer portal, see what happens. Is that the the way to go? Is that the right advice? Or is the right advice, well, son, you know, you're a competitor. You're not a you're not a quitter. Go out there and beat those kids out and get that job. Show them that you belong. What's the right answer, Plucker? You're 24. You were in college like sooner than I was or closer to, to now. So what's the right answer? Is it time to go compete against whoever's coming in and try and win it? And you've been there already two, three years? Or is the right advice, support your kid and let him go to the transfer portal? Yeah, I, I think there's value in staying where you're at. I've, but there's also definitely value in leaving. It all depends on the situation that you're in. You know, if the coaches are saying that they like you, but there's just this player that's there that's, right. you know, a generational talent for the school or whatever it's going to be. And But you're one injury away from playing and they really like you and they keep telling you that you're a great player yep. and that you deserve to be on the field, then yes, like – I, I would probably take that situation over trying to learn a different system somewhere else and, and leaving and kind of having to start over and earn your, your keep with your teammates all over again at a new place. But 
if I, it's the opposite and the coaching staff I'm working with isn't giving me a bunch of attention and I'm kind of just there to fill in and I'm I'm just there to help with the different drills and whatever position that I'm it's playing. Essentially Boom. Then, yeah, like if I'm Vandenboom, I would be like, all right, obviously, you know, Wolf has seen a little bit of playing time this year and, and now I haven't and I know where I stand in the coach's eyes. I would strongly consider transferring in that See, situation if I think that I could be a starter or a backup somewhere else. It's all about depth chart analysis and where you think you could be, I think, in these days in college football. This is my thing. I think you give it to your junior year. And if at your junior year you're not playing and you don't see a route for you to play because the guys that are in front of you are your age or younger, whatever the case may be, and plus they've got a couple of high recruits coming or whatever else, you're just like, it's just not going to happen. To that point, you want to play – and you want to go play somewhere else where you can actually play, fine. The problem is this. Okay, I'm going to transfer. Where are you going to transfer to? Let's pick Northern Illinois. It's close. So fine, I'm going to go play Northern Illinois. They tell you we're going to play, you're going to play. But there's no guarantee you're actually going to play. I mean, you may go down there, compete for the job, and may not win that job either. And now you're at a university that you're not having as much fun in. All of your friends are at Madison, where you used to party and have a great time, knew where everything was, everything else. Now you're at, say, Northern Illinois. You don't know anybody, and you're not playing on top of it. You don't like the people around you, and now you're miserable for the last couple of years before you graduate. See, that's the roll of the dice. When you talk about transferring, it's always greener on the other side. But until you get to the other side and experience it, you don't really know. So you have to be willing to accept the possibility that it could be worse. And as long as you're willing to accept that, then fine. I don't honestly think that most kids and most parents think it out. I don't. I just think they think, well, this coach says he's going to play. He's going to play. Let's go. And then you get there, and then it doesn't happen. And then, oh, it's the worst university ever. Oh, it's the worst coaching staff. This coach is horrible. He didn't play my kid. He said he was going to. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm just saying, if you're a parent and you got a kid in college and that kid wants to transfer, fine. But make sure that you and that kid understand, boy or girl, I don't care what sport it is, male or female, do understand. There is, they may tell you one thing. That does not mean that's how it's going to play when you're actually there. And as long as you all understand that going forward, so be it. Now, if your kid doesn't like the experience they're having at the college they're at to begin with and they're not playing and they're not happy with any aspect of college life of where they are, that's different. Then there's only upside in front of you, right? You go from bad to bad, that's so be it. But if you're going from bad to good and you don't play, at least you're in a better situation uh, overall. All right, we'll talk with Don Wachillis, uh from the Journey House College Sports Show tonight, 6 to 8 every Thursday night uh, here on The Fan. We'll talk to him next. We'll get his thoughts on this as well on Sparky's Midday Men. All right, we're going to get to uh, our guy, uh, Don Wachillis, Journey House College Sports Show. I'm watching Leroy right now. First of all, TV makes him look a lot younger. Let's let's start there with the analysis on the NFL Network for Leroy. Second of all, I don't know. Hold on, I got part you up, Plucker. What were you saying, Plucker? I said it's that makeup he puts on. Uh, he looks a lot younger on TV. Uh, that's the first thing. A second thing, who set up wherever he is? What, do you know where he is, Plucker? I believe he's at home. Oh, he set it up real nice. He's got st- uh, stacks of cases of Leap Vodka behind him. He's got the Leap Vodka shirt on. He's got like a brewer's blanket uh, over to one side. They're showing highlights now. When they go back to him, I can describe the rest of the set. Uh, but it, it looks pretty good, man. That The the Leap Vodka stacked up behind him. Brilliant idea. I don't know. See right there. And then he's got uh, a Packer blanket. That looks like a full uh, black backdrop of some sort. That's why I was asking where he was. Another Leap Vodka like picture poster next to him. It looks good. Looks much younger on TV. Much, much younger. Dawa Chillis looks young no matter when you when you see him. He's now on the uh, Great Midwest Bank hotline from the Journey House College Sports Show tonight, 6 to 8. How are we doing, Don? I'm doing good, Spark. How are you, my friend? Badger team really angers me. Um, so, <laughs> before I get to that, though, I want to just give you some Brewers news here real quick. Uh, the uh, Gold Glove Award finalists are out. Colton Wong. Uh, Gold Glove Award finalist for the Brewers. Good job, right? Makes sense. That's what I don't understand. Jackie Bradley Jr. is a Gold Glove Award finalist. How can you be a finalist if you're not even an everyday player? How how can you win the award, Don Wachillis, if you're not an everyday player? 
I have no idea. I mean, he he was so good for us early on when we were dealing with all of the various injuries. So I, I hate to diss one of our own, but I got to agree with you on that one, Sparky. You feel like you got to be an everyday player, or the percentage has to be really, really high as far as how many innings you play over the course of a season. But when you said Colton Wong, I'm like, just just give him the trophy right now. Uh, don't let's not play games. Let's just give it to him. All right, so let's talk about the Badgers now. So, uh, where do we want to start? Let's start with the transfer portal, because that's what I was talking about before you came on, if you were listening. Um, I was listening. Okay, so then tell me. Let, let's just go off of how we ended it, how I ended it going on the last segment. You're a parent. Your kid comes to you three years in and says, look, Dad, I'm not playing. Now they got a couple five-stars coming in. It doesn't look like I'm going to play. I want to play somewhere. I want to enter, enter the transfer portal. What do you say? I say make sure you're doing your research because this is where we're headed right now. You know, I heard Dan talk about a couple of years ago what happened at Michigan with that recruiting class. This is the way of the world as far as college sports goes, but people have to also understand that 35% of those athletes who enter the portal don't get picked up by anybody. So just because you put yourself out there in the portal is not a guarantee that you're going to end up in a situation better than where you're currently at. So the transfer portal is great. It gives athletes an opportunity that feel like at least give me a chance somewhere to get on the field and showcase my talent. But if you don't do your research, you could put yourself out there and nobody is interested in you whatsoever. So it's, it's the yin and yang of what the transfer portal is. Now, Talking about the Badgers program specifically, I mentioned this in the first segment too. I don't think you're a program that can afford to allow four-star players to just pick up and move out, and I really don't think you can afford to have four-star players not develop into four-star type players at that level. Caden Lyles, first of all, was a guy that they went out of their way to recruit his brother at quarterback, who probably wasn't good enough to be recruited at quarterback, but either way was, to try and solidify that. You play him on defense, then you move him around the offensive line. The thing never works out, and now he's on his way out. Now, either he was never that good, or somebody really screwed something up along the way to never give him uh, a real shot at this thing. My question right now for the Badgers is in player development. When we look at if a kid is a three-star, a four-star, a five-star, ratings are arbitrary. Uh, look at the NBA draft. You know, we, we grab guys out of college at the 12 and 13 spot who, who really fizzle out, and then the question marks are all over the place. Well, the same thing happens as far as the rating scale goes in evaluating these kids who are coming out of high school and going into college. But with that said right now, when I look at some of the various positions on this Badger team, Again, I'll restate, I think my issue at hand is player development. Graham Mertz, to me, even though we've talked about the issues with the line and all of the things that go along with the quarterback position, he seems to be stuck right now where his player development just hasn't lived up to what I think many thought he would be at this point in his career. So there's still a huge upside to what Graham Mertz can give you at the quarterback position. But now the question mark is, will he achieve that playing at Wisconsin? And I just think when we talk about the transfer portal, we talk about three and four and five-star kids and all of that. It's about whether or not at this point the Badger program is developing the people that they're bringing in. Next, Saeed Khalif was that guy who I loved, who I'm furious that they let go to Michigan State. Okay, Now, having said all of that, maybe – the kids that they were bringing in or he was bringing in, maybe they don't match up with what they are trying to do at Wisconsin, and maybe that was the Paul Christ issue, if there was an issue. And that is exactly where I was going to go, because as well-respected as he was in the recruiting world, if we can call it that, yeah. some of those kids that he's brought in haven't really panned out with the Badgers. So when we're upset about some of these three, four, five-star kids or three, four-star kids coming into the program and not necessarily reaching their full potential, these were the kids that he recruited. So again, as you said, Steve, was it not a match made in heaven? And that's where some of these issues are coming from. What was wrong with Jalen Berger that you had to go 
out and get a transfer running back from Clemson and Malusi? Like, what did he do wrong last year? Because to me, the only thing that he did wrong was he couldn't play the position you know, two times over because they didn't want to play the freshman Braylon Allen. To me, that's the only logical reason of why you would take a transfer so you wouldn't have to play Allen, yet they do it and it gets in Berger's head and now that's over. Well, right, and I think it got in Berger's head and I'm wondering if what got in Berger's head even after Malusi comes over to the Badgers in that transfer portal wasn't kind of exhibiting uh, a little bit early on maybe last year that the coaching staff was starting to see it. I think Jalen Berger and Braylon Allen are kind of cut from the same cloth. They're almost two of the same kind, so to speak, at the running back position. And Ches Malusi gives you a little bit of a different style. So again, you know, we, we talk about thunder and lightning and on various on various teams and I'm not I'm not at all saying that it's a thunder and lightning situation but I think the styles are slightly different. And for Berger, as you said, when Malusi comes and he kind of got into his head, so to speak, that that just sealed the deal, and that's why then Berger decided to head to the transfer portal. Talking with our guy down with Chillis right now. Catch him on the Journey House College Sports Show coming up tonight, 6-8, to eight, him and Dan Underberg. Let's talk about this Badger-Iowa game. Never in my wildest dreams that I think the Badgers would have a chance to win <laughs> this side of the Big Ten and have a chance to play for... Uh, a champion, Big Ten championship. Uh, having said all of that, I just I don't see how they win this football game. I mean, unless the Iowa defense is not as good as I think it is, I don't see how you win with Graham Mertz throwing the ball ten times in the football game. This Iowa defense, we had Gary Dolphin on earlier, the play-by-play voice of the Hawkeyes, it is living off of creating turnovers. Our quarterback is getting buried because his ability to create turnovers himself. It's a match not made in heaven at this point. And I just think if you're Paul Chris, you look at what you did last week and hope that you are able to duplicate that this week. It's clear as day he's lost all confidence in Graham Mertz based on his play calling. I don't know how you beat Iowa that way. So a couple of weeks ago when Purdue beat Iowa, they gave you the roadmap and how to do it. The way Iowa has won early on in this season was, as you just said, creating turnovers, right. very, very good defense, but then giving the offense a short field. When Purdue made Iowa play the length of the field, they exposed their offense and the fact that the Iowa offense is not everything that it's cracked up to be. Um, and in doing so, as I said, gave you the roadmap on how to win this game. So you have to do exactly what you did last week in the second half against Purdue, which is dominate the line of scrimmage and run the ball like there's no tomorrow, because I agree with you. I don't think Paul Chris, and rightfully so right now, has a lot of confidence in Graham Mertz, just because when he drops back to pass, the offensive line hasn't blocked well, and he's very susceptible of turning the ball over. So you're going to have to run the ball effectively, and when you're forced to punt, you're going to have to pin Iowa back on the other half of the 50 as deep as possible because, as I said, when you look at their offensive numbers, their offensive numbers can be somewhat similar to what we've seen at Wisconsin, even to a lesser degree because their offensive line has not performed as well as they had hoped. So it's going to be field position in this game coming up on Saturday, and if you're forcing Iowa to play the length of the field, that's the roadmap right now for the Badgers to come away with a victory. So you're playing field position if you're Wisconsin. I'm playing field position. I'm, I'm those those fourth and one opportunities. Mm-mm, I'm punting. I'm punting. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep Iowa back on the other side of the twenty, hopefully, and forcing them, like I said, to go to the length of the field because offensively, I don't think they can do it. Talking with Donald Chill, it's Journey House College Sports Show here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Let's talk about Kirk Ferentz and the job he's done at Iowa. A couple of years back, people were uh, kind of clamoring for maybe for them to move on from Kirk Ferentz. Here he is now with another good Iowa football team. How much longer do you think he has at Iowa? Well, I don't know because he's just been there, as you were saying, for quite a while and just the just the, the natural grind of going out and recruiting and preparation and everything else, you, you think maybe there's another five-year window in him at the most, but he's really been, as far as college coaches go, he's been consistent, 
He's won. He's had his ups and downs, obviously, because all coaches go through it. Some recruiting classes work, some don't. But he's been consistent while at Iowa, and you get the idea that the folks in Iowa just love him. So he's there for as long as he wants to be. You just think maybe that window is right around the five-year mark right now. So what does a Donald Chillis thing happens in Wisconsin-Iowa? In Wisconsin-Iowa, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be in the trenches, and I'm going to go with the Badgers 17-14 as they're going to get the win. Oh, my God. And we're going to keep talking about the roadmap to the Big Ten Championship out of the West. That would be so Wisconsin. It would be so Wisconsin. They upset Iowa, and then they lose to, like, freaking Northwestern or Nebraska to cost yourself at the end of the year. That that would be so Wisconsin. And, Steve, don't forget right now Minnesota. Minnesota that struggled early on is now starting to row the boat, as they say, a little bit better. And the fact that, again, you're playing for Paul Bunyan's axe, that to me, I think they can handle Northwestern this year because Northwestern isn't all that good. Nebraska finds a way to shoot themselves in the foot consistently. He should be fired. Frost is awful. The one I'm worried about, if they get through – Iowa is going to be Minnesota at the end of the year. And yet I don't want to look past anybody because Penn State did that last week against Illinois, and we saw what happened there at nine overtimes. How good do you think Bielema can get Illinois? Um, it's, it's going to depend on whether or not he can recruit out of the state. Illinois, to me, is one of those states that is rich in talent, and for whatever reason, Lovey Smith could not recruit. He had one class Illinois. where he had nobody from Illinois. Right, and and so if Bielema can start recruiting from within, I, I know one of the one of the states we're going to talk about tonight on the show, Spark, is Florida. When you look at all of the Division One schools in Florida and how mediocre they are, yep. and you start to look at the roster and you find how many of those Florida kids now are going elsewhere. So to get back to your point, if Bielema can recruit within the state of Illinois, I think they'll be respectable as much as I hate to say it because I'm not a Brett Bielema fan. Uh, I definitely am not. But uh, I I think he can make them a bowl team. I do. And maybe I'll be wrong. I I thought he would have been better at Arkansas than he was, um, and that didn't work out. But I I really think at Illinois he can make them a bowl team. I'm not saying Rose Bowl. I'm saying no. he can he can he can essentially win you know six to eight games every year and, and pretty much write his own ticket at Illinois because if they're a bowl game a bowl bowl team every year I think that's more than enough at Illinois right now especially the way Illinois has been they can go to the Mayo Bowl all they want to go to that's right. fine with me yep but but you're right uh, he's a he's in essence a Big Ten coach I think his style didn't necessarily fit very well with the SEC. And it showed after a couple of years. I think he's a Big Ten coach. There are coaches who fit certain schemes and, and, and certain demeanors as far as the style of play go. And I just think Brett Bielema is a Big Ten coach. To me, I want to see if he can steal kids from Wisconsin from Chris. I want to see, can he steal offensive linemen uh, that should be at Wisconsin? Can he get them to go play at Illinois because they'll play sooner and so forth? He knows how to recruit against Chris, for God's sakes. I mean, it's yeah. the, to me that's why because Illinois has not done a, a good job recruiting Wisconsin forever. So we'll see if Bielema can get himself, who he still has his roots now. Grant you, a lot of those coaches that were here before have retired or uh, aren't coaching anymore. So he's got to redo relationships and start over with a lot of these high school coaches. But that's what I'm interested to see: can he steal kids out of Wisconsin? When you start seeing kids leave the state for Illinois, Minnesota and some of the other schools within the Big Ten that aren't Michigan and Ohio State, that's when Paul Chris really needs to be concerned because if those kids start leaving the Wisconsin program, that that's when really the eyes of yep. the state, I think, will be upon him. Yeah, I agree with you. There he is down with Chills. Catch him out to catch him tonight. Him and Dan Underberg do a great job. College Sports Show Thursday night, six to eight here on the fan. Don, thanks so much. Spark, appreciate you. Thank you. All good. There he is, Don Wachillis. On the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. On Great Midwest Bank, help you experience a state of bankability. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Welcome in. It is a 
Pick and save football Thursday here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Rami Makhlouf comes up next to the Rami Show from 3 until 6 o'clock. Green and Gold postgame show presented to you by Lakeland University tonight after the game with Gary Ellerson and myself. Uh, don't forget, no matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games like bocce ball. Yeah, they have indoor bocce ball. Is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the game while you play your favorite indoor games in a huge entertainment game room and settle down to some awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all of the extras. That is all you need to know. Those of you that were at uh, Q Club yesterday uh, are well aware uh, of what I'm talking about. They give you plenty to eat uh, and it is so, so Delicious. Don't forget to celebrate Halloween at the Q Club coming up on Saturday with live music from Block Party, drink specials, and prizes for the best costume. It's all happening at Q Club of Wisconsin, 2454 North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Spend your Halloween this Saturday night at Q Club of Wisconsin. Check them out online at Q Club of WI.com. That's Q Club of WI.com. Get you guys updated on what's going on tonight for this Packer-Cardinals game. There will be no Devontae Adams. He has been ruled uh, out. There will be no Alan Lazard as well. Uh, according to reports, him and his representation try to challenge him being out uh, for five days, uh, being a close contact, non-vaccinated. Uh, they lost their argument to the NFL. Uh, so he will not play tonight in Arizona either. Then there was some... Uh, thought that maybe MVS uh, would be able to come off uh, the injured list of this hamstring uh, injury that he's been trying to recover from from the last several weeks and be able to play tonight. That does not appear that is going to happen based on numerous reports. Jeremy Fowler, the first on that one, saying the Packers probably will not activate him tonight. So he is out. So your top three wide receivers will not play. Plus, you will not have your defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, either. Jerry Gray and Kirk Alvadotti. Uh, we'll split uh, the defensive coordinator duties tonight against Arizona. Dan Plucker uh, just saw there in the last time out that the Cardinals will wear their all-black jerseys uh, tonight uh, against the Green Bay Packers. We were talking about this the other day. The alternate jerseys uh, in that Oregon Ducks-looking thing uh, that the Packers wore. Would Packer fans want the Packers to wear black jerseys? You know, like the Bucks wear black jerseys? Would that be something that y'all would get down with? Because clearly the actual regular jersey isn't something y'all are that attached to based on the other day when we had this conversation. So see, that, to me, that would be the next step, right? Nobody has done black, or the Packers have not done black yet. So to me, that would make a lot of sense uh, if that's the the next iteration of what this is. We know the success the Bucks have had with those black jerseys uh, for them. Uh, whether or not the Packers do that or not, we'll have to wait and see. Hey, don't forget, there's $1,000 up for grabs every single week with a Rocket Mortgage Pro Football Pick'em. Sign up today by texting your picks to 20357. I still got to make my picks. Sign up today by texting your picks to 20357. No point spreads, no lineups, totally free to enter. It's a brand new game every week of the season, so sign up right now. You've got a shot to win 1000 bucks this week. I'm currently in my battle against other radio hosts, ninth. Uh, against others around the country. So there are there are several below me still. A bunch in front of me, but several below me. It's the Rocket Mortgage Pro Football Pick'em. Compete against me. Compete against other radio personalities uh, in Odyssey as well. Sign up now by texting your picks to 20357. That's PICKS, P-I-C-K-S, to 20357. It really is just that easy. Coming up next, we're going to check in with our guy, Rami Maklov, as we get the Rami Show uh, coming up today from 3 until 6 here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. Sparky Pfeiffer now being joined by Rami Maklov. The Rami Show comes up today from 3 until 6. I don't know uh, if you saw or not uh, the Brewers uh, coming out and telling everybody who their finalists are for the Gold Glove in the National League. Uh, Colton Wong, the finalist at second base. I have no issue with that. Rami, how about you? Uh, that seems about right. He's pretty good at playing second base. My issue, however, is with the second person that is a finalist from the Milwaukee Brewers for a gold glove, and that is Jackie Bradley Jr. I don't think uh, that you should be able to win an award if you are not an everyday player. That is ridiculous to me. 
for a guy that was clearly how many games did he play? Was clearly not playing every day. I don't even care how many games he played. He'd come in and the, come in and play an inning. That that doesn't not in my mind. Count. I mean, he is he is one of the best outfielders in the league. No I question. Think best, I think he I don't disagree. And, and runs saved among outfielders, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't for as few innings as he played. He played 134 games. Oh, 300 and 387 at bats. That's plenty. That's plenty. If you get close to yeah, if you get like 120, 130 games and you have close to 400 at bats, that's that's more than enough to be considered for any award. That's plenty. That seems crazy. I'm sure they have thresholds for these things. You're not the first person to think of this. Well, I'm sure they probably do. I mean, I again, I don't sit here and follow the Gold Glove thing close every year because for the most part, normally the guys that hit are the ones that win it. So Bradley to win it hitting a buck sixty would be quite remarkable. It, it doesn't make sense that they give if actually him winning it would make sense. It'd make more sense than a lot of other guys who have won it because it doesn't make sense to give a gold glove for what a guy does with the bat. But that's, that's why what how it's the always been. Slugger is for. I right. know, I know. But that JJ Hardy when he was here threw an almighty fit that he wasn't winning gold gloves in Milwaukee because they were taking guys that had better bats than him and he thought he should have won it if it was based on defense. He complained about it 10, 15 years ago and it's never changed. That's why I say it would actually be amazing if the dude won it hitting a buck sixty something and not even being their everyday outfielder. So either way. Uh, okay, Rodney. Candidate. I don't. I don't know what he's up. I'd have to look. You know, take a close look. I don't know what he's up against or what those other guys have done. But I think he's a legit candidate. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Rami Makhlouf, what do you have coming up on your show? Coming up on the show today, Sparky. I will ask, as I do before every Packers game, for a recipe for a Packers win and a recipe oh, yeah. for a Packers loss. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, at three thirty. Are we? Is everyone, including us, selling the Packers short? I heard you earlier saying if one more guy ends up on the COVID list like or Jack, injured before Jackins. this thing kicks off tonight, right. that that they should just sit Aaron Rodgers and wave the white flag on this one. Yeah, I'm not getting You'd him be killed. A terrible NFL head coach. I'm not getting him killed. I care about my players. Fine, sue me. I don't care. You can be mad at me all you want because I'm not trying to get my superstar quarterback hurt and have the season ended in a meaningless football but game in the middle I'm of the regular you're, season. You're, we're giving, and I'm 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 using the inclusive we in this. We're giving them no shot to the point where you're like, yeah, don't even put Aaron Rodgers in. If Elton way. Jenkins down and take the L. If Elton Jenkins gets hurt, they're going to get him killed. There's no question. They can't. So no Bakhtiari, no Jenkins. Your top three wide receivers are out. So now let me see if I got this right. They're going to dare you to throw the football, number one. So they're going to come up, and you're going to have a bunch of inexperienced dudes outside of Billy Turner trying to protect them in that scenario. It'll be a disaster if they lose Jenkins, too. Now, again, it doesn't look like they're going to. We're a couple hours away. Fine. We'll see how this whole thing plays out. But, no, I I, I got the Cardinals winning this one by, what did I say, 31-20, I think, was my final score. Um, earlier today when we made our predictions on the big show. No, I don't think the Packers win this at all. Not at all. Now, I am happy that they elevated Jawan Winfrey. That's my guy. I want to see Jawan Winfrey ball like I know he can. Let's see if he maybe uh, has a breakout game tonight and it's one opportunity. Leroy's probably right that they probably won't even throw the ball to him. He probably won't have enough snaps to make an impact. Leroy's guy in this game is EQ. He's been on the EQ bandwagon for two weeks. Oh, he's going to have a great game. Oh, nah, nah. So he's all about EQ having some big game tonight. I don't know where you are. Who's your guy that you think is going to have a breakout game tonight? Who was your guy? Jawan Winfrey, who they elevated out the practice squad. Okay. Love Jawan Winfrey. But, right. and I'm not alone. There's a bunch of other people that do too. But There's a, there's a Jawan Winfrey yes. fan club? Yes. For sure. No question. It's not a big one. I mean, it's kind of smaller. But it's not sure. me. It's not me by myself necessarily. Yeah. It's not the size of it's Jordan. Not like, it's not the size of Jordan like, Wara's fan it's club. It's not like Kumaro, right? No, Kumaro's is much bigger. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Or Janice? Uh, yeah, Janice's is much bigger. Okay. All yeah, right. definitely. He's better than I, both of them. I can't say I remember that name from training camp. Jawan, he was hurt in training camp. Okay. It was from OTAs where he put, essentially put on a show was the OTAs. And you then a guy every, from OTAs? You yes. have a guy because of what he did at OTAs? Yeah, right. With Jordan Love, not with Aaron Rodgers. And right. then everybody couldn't wait to see him essentially in training camp. And then he was hurt the whole time and never really played. So that's why I want to see him. Now he's healthy. I want to see him in a regular season game. Let's see what it looks like. Again, really played at all. So, again, super, super talented. We'll see what happens. Sparky, uh, I, just, I just logged on to Twitter, and you know, you, you've, you've made fun of me for this before. There's like a window of time from when I do show prep to when, you know, I come in to do the show. Like eight hours. Where, there's, it's two hours. Where you like ignore right? the world. I go and I work out and I walk my dog and I take a shower and I have a good, healthy, nutritious lunch. You have you know a I mean? phone with you and you're walking the dog. How are you 
not, not like looking at your phone. I'm out there as much for mental exercise as I am for physical exercise. Mental exercise. Right? Yeah, I'm out there to clear my head, dude. I'm out there to take in the sights and sounds of nature and the world. Your neighborhood me. doesn't you know change I mean? day to day. It's the same neighborhood. I'm, the leaves are changing colors oh, right now. Lord. You know what I mean? There's no. a lot going on, Sparky. Like Aaron Rodgers, you know, as as Ram Dass ta- taught Aaron Rodgers, be here now, man. I, I don't even know who the hell Ram Dass is, be but here. either way. Be here now. Yeah, you know what I mean. I Enjoy wish you were here moment. now, but you're Enjoy not. The... <laughs> what? So what do you? What are you going to tell me, man? So I opened Twitter, and I see that Aaron Jones is trending. I was like, Oh no! Oh God! What? What happened? But apparently, it's just that so many people are are betting on Aaron Jones today. Yes, correct. That's where Gary. That, that's Gary's pick. That he's trending on Twitter right now. Like yeah. so many people are talking about the the line. On Aaron Jones, that he's trending on yep. Twitter. Correct. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, he uh, he's the pick because everybody thinks he's gonna get a lot of balls thrown to him. Well, somebody, people yeah, think they'll got to get the ball right. People think they're gonna line him up, motion him into the slot, maybe run some jet sweeps with them from the slot position, all this other stuff. I'm I'm here to tell y'all, if if us common fans think that's what they're gonna do, probably not gonna happen. Because that would mean that the defensive coordinator on the other team probably is expecting that at this point and is game planning around making sure they don't let Aaron Jones beat him. So it's going to have to be somebody else. That would be my guess. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the defensive coordinator in Arizona uh, doesn't expect uh, you know the expected thing to occur. I-, I have no idea. But that makes the most sense. He's the most dangerous player on offense outside of Rodgers left on the football field. So it would make sense to put the ball in his hands as much as possible. If you're a fantasy football player, you're salivating because you know it's going to be him and A.J. Dillon uh, and probably some Robert Tunyon and Randall Cobb splashed in there. Mm-hmm. And then it's – then who knows? Then it's Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey, and um, EQ. Those are your options. So we'll see. I don't know. Find out tonight. So who's your guy? Who are you picking? It's probably got to be Aaron Jones, right? Just yeah. like a guy. Is this like our pick to click? Is that what you're asking for? Like well, the somebody's got a big night tonight. If, if they're going to win the game, somebody's going to have to step up and do something. Can like, I say Aaron Rodgers? Sure. That's what's going to happen. What's going to have to happen for the Packers to win this? You're going to. We had Aaron people Rodgers saying. Game. We had people on Twitter saying defensive backs that that's good. They're going to have to have a big game, slowing down Green and Hopkins and Rondale Moore and Ertz and all these guys. If they're going to win this game, that's yeah. They got they got a lot of weapons, man. Oh my this god, is, this is a challenge. This is going to be a challenge. And the whole Kyler Murray running, running thing, he hasn't ran it all this year, and not at all. Go back and look at his numbers: six no, six carries, five yards; six carries, nine yards. I mean, he hasn't been a threat on the ground, but his completion percentage is like something. It's over seventy percent, like seventy four percent or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's yep, insane. I got all that as I get people ready for the game. All those numbers you're talking about there, Sparky, all all in the notes. But th- here's the thing, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit. He hasn't really been trying to necessarily run the ball as much as he has previously. But you know he's watching Tyler Heineke film and going, man, if this guy can do this, I certainly can do this. You got you got to believe that that he's thinking that heading into this one. And also his <clears throat> his he hasn't been he hasn't been doing damage with his legs in terms of beyond the line of scrimmage. But what he does with his legs more than he has been in the past is just extending plays and giving his receivers time to 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 get open downfield and and making ridiculous throws, dude. The guy has crazy crazy arm talent. So that that's that's how he's been using his legs and the Packers got to be careful of that. What is going on? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What happened? I bought a pair of headphones, plugged them in, and it sounds like a motorboat racing in here. It's so loud with the vibrations and the noise coming off of the headphones that he has. From his headphones? I think they're his headphones. Are they your headphones? Yeah, they're like Bose headphones, blue ones, real nice. They are making some loud, crazy noises. I don't know. Uh, okay, so also on the show today, yeah. Michael Lombardi, Odyssey NFL Ooh. insider. Oh, I like Michael NFL Lombardi. GM. Yeah, he's here at what? four o'clock. Four o'clock. Ross Uglum. All right, good. And the Packers. Ooh, he's good. He'll he'll be here at four thirty. Oh, good. And uh, good show. lots of other fun stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we'll hear from Ryan Wood in the five o'clock. So, hour. what was the big surprise yesterday that you said? Oh, we're gonna do radio different today. So, what what Toby. was the big surprise yesterday? It was Toby in the co-host chair. Toby Altizer. That's what you were teasing. Here, I, I we thought you were gonna. I said we were doing something a little different on the show today. I, I didn't thought, say we're like changing you, the face of radio. I listened to the show. I'm like, this doesn't seem like any other show. Toby's on the show. Okay, fine. I thought you were gonna come out with some like new formatic, something different. It was just the same old Robbie show you threw Dude, Toby. Seriously, in. sometimes when I'm talking to you, yeah. I feel like I'm talking to like a senile person. That's somewhere. how. That's how Kay feels every day. 
It's yeah. every day. You knew. You knew. Toby was going to be there. Well, you you, you were teasing what, it so hard. I didn't think that's what it I was. I thought it, it was you, something big. No, 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 no. You made it bigger by going. What is it? What are you talking about? Because I didn't about? know what it was. All, all I said was, "How do you not know what it is?" When you were in on the plan and the discussion about what it is, Fuck. all I said was, "All I said was, we're going to do something a little different on the show today." Bart that's all prom- I said. Bart had promoted it. Bart had promoted it all morning. It wasn't like it was going to be oh, something. He did. Surprise. He told me that. See, this is why we need cross-promotion. <laughs> Bart was talking about I'm it all to morning. trying be mysterious about it. This is why you need to listen to the radio station. This would help you, you know. Bart, Bart all morning, I'm like, I told me, sit in with Rami today, go Toby, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Nobody told then, me this. And then you come in here teasing something, I was like, all right, so what is this? What does he have up his sleeve now? But you should have known. Yeah. I still stand by the fact you should have known. <laughs> How do you not know? Seriously. I, I knew Toby was on the show. I just didn't think that it was worth the push that you made for it. But it was, either way, it was nice. I got people to any, listen. Do you, have, do you have any older people in your life where it's like a, it's like an effort? Not as, I don't want to say a struggle because you love them and you appreciate them. <laughs> but it's like an effort to talk to them, like to communicate with them. You find yourself repeating <laughs> things all the time and then knowing, should, well, should having to know what you're talking about but not knowing what you're talking about, that's what it's like talking to you sometimes, man. You're not that old. You Why just, is this so difficult? I don't know, but you just confused me with should have, could have, would have. I don't even know oh what you're talking about. Oh, my God. About. There it is again. I don't know what there you're talking about. I don't know what. I, I feel like I'm talking to my 14-year-old. All right, here's Rami. Uh, hopefully you can understand him. He's coming up next. Three People to six. People understand me fine. Mm. Just you don't understand me fine. I, I definitely don't understand you fine. No. But maybe you relate more to the younger crowd. Maybe that's what it is. You know, people that's in their twenties. That's what 20s. I'm here for, man. For yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm a big hit with the kids. Yeah, people, those people in their twenties and stuff probably relate better to you. Although yesterday, Sam told me there were two things that I was saying that the kids are no longer saying. One of them was crunk. I forgot what the other one was. Crunk. I don't know what the that other was from crunk. like when Drumline came out. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Sam, do you remember what the other thing was? Sam's not even listening. Oh, He's okay, over right. there trying to Google okay. what's wrong with his headphones. I think. Right. Um, so, <laughs> Sam Schmitz, Robbie Maglov, coming up next to the Robbie Show. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 